Welcome to the Cup of Mets podcast, episode 29 of season two, as we're getting down here to the end. I'm Ian Bosniak, joined alongside by Mr. Robert Benegas, as always. Robbie, it's uh, been quite a few days in uh, Mets land. How how are you feeling about it all? What's up, Ian? Another day in Mets land, and it wouldn't be another day in Mets land if uh, we didn't have another introductory press conference. Uh, The Mets announced today that David Stearns would be the president of baseball operations, which is a good day in Mets history. Uh, mark it down. And then yesterday we uh, were told by Buck Showalter that he will not be coming back next year for the 2024 New York Mets to be the manager. So uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff going on in the last weekend or last couple of days or so. So you know, uh, I guess just let's move forward and hopefully uh, nothing but good things uh, leading up to 2024. Yeah, lots of lots of headlines um, that the Mets have been making, and you know we didn't even reach the postseason. Um, yeah, as you said, David Stearns, former general manager of the um, Brewers, introduced as the president of baseball operations today. We'll touch upon that. Um, also, Buck Showalter dismissed as manager yesterday. Um, we'll touch upon that as well and give our thoughts and takes. Before we get into it all, remember to give us a follow on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, and on TikTok. We are at Cup of Mets. Also, be sure to rate and subscribe to the pod, whether it be on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And lastly, be sure to visit cupofmets.com for all your latest Cup of Mets merch. So the Manhattan native, David Stearns, uh, was introduced today to the New York media. Steve Cohen and him held a, a joint press conference. Obviously an amazing get. You said it, big day in Mets history, first ever president of baseball operations for um the organization in and of themselves, um, a giant step, somebody that's going to oversee Billy Epler and the rest of the department. Any takeaways that, that you found? I mean, not necessarily like quotes, but any anything that you found um, really encouraging that you liked that you heard David talk about today? No, honestly, I mean, again, this obviously Steve Cohen was there as well, but this kind of gave me some when Steve Cohen got introduced as the new owner of the Mets, it gave me a little bit of sense of hope, a sense of faith. Um, and you know, like the Mets always say, you got to believe. So I definitely believe after hearing David Stearns talk a little bit and uh, share his story and share his uh, vision for the Mets, which is, which is nice to hear. Obviously, you know, you could talk to talk, but we got to see it in years to come, but I believe it. And, uh, like you said, a, a very good get the first president of baseball operations in Mets history. So, uh, hopefully it's the first and, and the last cause New York native and, and he's, he just seems motivated and determined. I mean, listen, you know, when you're a, when you're a kid, a Mets fan growing up, you're determined to bring a championship home to Queens, especially when, you know, you weren't able to see one, you know, he's just 38 years old. Um, so he's a, he's a young guy and, and, but he brings a world of experience uh, with him was named general manager of the Brewers in 2015 um, was promoted to president of baseball operations uh, after he hired and brought in Matt Arnold to be the GM. Um, you know, I, I really, I agree. The optimism, the the positivity surrounding David was all very well kept. And I don't, I don't like to make this come out like a stereotype, but he just seemed like a Harvard grad, right? He seemed like somebody who was very intellectual comes out swinging, says that, he wants to ensure that the Mets have not only sustainability, but that they have the top 
frontline people at every facet of their organization and every department of the organization. And I just think that speaks volumes to, you know, as you said, you know, Steve Cohen wanting to make the organization, you know, everything that it could be. And it seems like David Stearns has that vision as well. You know, some of the something some of the meaningful things that, you know, for me, I heard and, you know, I, he he mentioned that he knows how much that this team means to the fans and its community. Um, he grew up listening to Gary Cohen, Bob Murphy and Ed Coleman, you know, just like, just like you and I did Rob and um, you know, every summer and he's read, he's ridden the roller coaster of disappointment and hope along with every other Mets fans. Um, what hasn't changed is this organization's quest for truly sustainable competitiveness and ultimately our first world championship uh, since 1986, I'm here because I believe that is attainable. That is our goal. And I assure you, we will do everything we can to make it a reality. Yeah, you got to walk the, you you can talk the talk, but you got to walk the walk. But I, I don't, I feel pretty confident, Robin. No, definitely. I mean, again, the guy has been working in baseball for a very long time. Uh, I love the fact that he's a Mets fan. It just kind of goes with the Steve Cohen era and uh, what we're trying to do here and and create sustainable sustainable success. Um, but again, the guy has a great head on his shoulders. He's a New York native, like you mentioned. He snuck into Shea a couple times, apparently. Um, so it's nice that he doesn't have to have a ticket. We didn't even uh, do that. No, nah, no, nah, we never did that. But again, you know, we were close. But again, you know, it's just it's good to have in a sense of, like you said, optimism and and just uh, a lot of positive vibes with this hire. Um, and again, Steve Cohen you know, doing Steve Cohen things, man. He's getting the big fish and whether it's free agents or guys that work in the front office or, and uh, hopefully again, we just get this managerial decision down and, and we start the free agent process. You know, I, I think that he did a really good job of explaining um, how he wants to proceed, not just with the managerial um, opening in the vacancy now, but just in terms of building up the organization in general. And I think that speaks volumes to, you know, when Steve Cohen was brought in, you know, he brought a very philosophical approach, a business-like approach, except, you know, you had an owner that was a Mets fan and with deep pockets, beautiful. Now you're bringing in a president of baseball operations. Yes, you have to put your fanhood aside, but he also has those same intentions, not just for his career and for his job, but he definitely wants to see the orange and blue confetti rain down on the Canyon of heroes. One day it deep down as a Met fan, he wants to see that. And not only do we have a Mets fan in the owner's box now, but we have, let's be honest, we have a Mets fan as the president of baseball operations and a brilliant one in that. And yes, let's get this man. Let's get, let's find a manager. Um, let's amplify the organization with good heads, with smart heads and push this thing forward. Cause Stearns, as you said, big fish, Cohen caught him. Let's catch a couple others. No, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. And, you know, again, it's, it's bittersweet that the season's over obviously. And we didn't make the playoffs with all the aspirations and expectations we had coming into 2023. But at the end of the day, um, things happen for a reason, and I really do believe that this hire is going to help the Mets not only for 2024, but for many years to come. I'm not kidding you. I, I think I think the Mets are going to be really competitive in 2024. I, I just I, I have a hunch. I have a hunch. Again, we don't know. We don't know what they're going to do. 
we don't exactly know who's going to manage. We don't, you know, we don't know a lot, but it was just a vibe today that I don't know. Yesterday was very somber. Um, despite me coming on here weekly over the season and bitching and moaning about Buckshaw Walters managerial styles and maneuverings, you know, I was sad yesterday. Um, point blank. He's a brilliant baseball guy. Um, despite the, some of his decisions this year, he's an excellent individual and he had the respect of the players, veterans and rookies alike. I don't think he got necessarily a fair shake. Um, because Epler was kind of calling it from the box. Um, and Epler's also the one that put the pieces out there on the table and he gets to stay on automatically, you know, no problem, but Buck goes. Um, but I don't know. I understand Stearns wanting to bring in his own guy. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I felt like it was kind of weird how, how that went down, but definitely a different tune, a more positive today than yesterday. No, hundred percent. And again, you know, you mentioned yesterday, I think, I think what kind of, kind of got me was when he handed in the lineup card and, and he got a standing ovation. And then, you know, obviously the videos of every player hugging him, but most importantly, Francisco Lindor giving him a big hug and, and just probably saying some words of kindness throughout the whole game and, and just before the game, whatever. But again, Buck, uh, again, you know, you've seen Buck's track record in his resume and very well respected around the game of baseball, not only in New York, but around the whole league. And, and again, I, I thank him for, Obviously a great 2022 and, you know, even with the crappy 2023, uh, still a lot of good memories to, you know, you know, still a lot of try to be positive here. Still a lot of good memories to try to, you know, remember and, and look back on. But again, he did, he did what he was told. He did his job. And, and like you said, the players respected him. So all in all, I, all I could say is thank you, Buck. And hopefully we'll see you again at city field very soon. Yeah. And you know, I, I think some of the questions that we had entering today, entering the press conference, they were kind of answered rather quickly. You know, um, I think something that not only you and I were wondering, but every Mets, Mets fan was kind of wondering, you know, was David Stearns, did, did Stearns speak with Buck Showalter? Did he, you know, um, orchestrate it? Did he orchestrate the firings of Kevin Howard and some of the scouting directors a few weeks ago? Um, I believe Rob, I mean, I, I, I do think that he told Steve, Hey, we need to restructure the organization X, Y, Z. These guys need to go. Right. Um, but I do believe that he mentioned something today re regarding, regarding Buck Walter um, or Steve Cohen did right. What, what was it? Yeah, no, I think, well, again, I, I'm not sure the tampering rules and this and that, but I do know that Stearns wasn't allowed to communicate with Buck, uh, obviously because he was under contract with the Milwaukee Brewers. But um, Steve Cohen, before the press conference started, he did mention that, you know, he orchestrated everything in terms of, uh, you know, the dismissal of Buck Showalter. Um, they did give Buck options in terms of, I, I don't know what type of options in terms of a job or this and that. Can you guess? Can you guess what kind of options? Again, again, I mean, you know, I kind of said it beforehand and uh, a couple episodes before, but probably a front office type job, maybe a, con a baseball consultant, something like that. Uh, I do think, again, I do think they still want to buck around, but at the end of the day, I think Buck wanted to manage and be in the dugout. Um, and obviously, since he didn't have that option, uh, he just was going to call quits and not end on a good note. But again, you know, just end a, what what is a, a great managerial career. With Buck, I just find it 
fascinating with the tampering rules, you know, that Billy Epler and Dave and uh, Steve Cohen are for the last month have been able to communicate and discuss the possibility of David Stearns joining the organization. But because Buck Walter is a manager, he's not even allowed to speak with anybody that's on the field. So, um, you know, it sucks. And I believe that uh, David Stearns reached out to Buck this morning um, and spoke to him, kind of went, you know, through the inner workings of that and, you know, left it on a good note, thanked him for his services here in New York. But, you know, at the end of the day, I do believe that a clean slate is um, needed. Listen, we have a new CEO. New CEOs bring in new GMs. You heard uh, or bring in new personnel. You heard Steve Cohen say yesterday, he's giving uh, David Stearns the reins and he has the authority to do whatever he wants. And that was his first order of business. I too wish that Buck could have remained somewhere within the organization, however, because his baseball mind is definitely um, going to be an asset to whoever he winds up with next. That's an absolute fact. No, definitely. Again, you know, very well-respected resume is great. Um, again, I just, I personally think it was the right move in terms of, you know, starting clean with a new president of baseball operations. Um, I don't know what your take is on that. I, I, again, I would have let him finish out his contract as well, but at the end of the day, when, like you said, when you have a new CEO and he brings in his guy, I'm sure that guy wants to bring in his own manager. And, you know, there are, there are a couple names out there that intrigue me in terms of Mets managers, uh, new Mets managers. Um, but again, a guy like David Stearns, uh, who wants to kind of restructure, reconstructure, uh, and, you know, kind of preach his model of building a sustainable winner. Uh, want, probably wants to bring in his own staff and own guys, so I, I I don't I don't disagree with the move at all. Absolutely, I think that we all could have agreed that this season was not solely on Buck whatsoever. Twenty twenty four should have been open to him returning, but if David Stearns wasn't hired, I think Buck would be back for year three. Um, but this is a move that had to happen in terms of David Stearns coming in. A president of baseball operations has been needed for several years. We now know that David Stearns is going to go try and hire a team president. Um, so all good things. They're restructuring the organization uh, big time. They're making it a competitive, sustainable organization, top to bottom. And I think as Mets fans and people that follow the club on a day-to-day -day basis like you and I, I think that's all we can ask for. And again, hopefully David Cern's philosophy carries over what he did in Milwaukee. He did mention there's no secret sauce um, that, you know, that he has whipping up. But the goal is to fortify every aspect of the organization. And that will eventually move this thing forward and will hopefully wind up with a World Series. So nothing but good things that I feel like I've heard from David Stearns today. And I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does. Some of the other questions that we had entering the press conference today was one of the biggest questions that kind of is looming over the Mets organization right now. Pete Alonso, right? We saw Pete Alonso get a standing ovation in his final at bat yesterday. And that was kind of like, oh boy. And I'm not going to lie. I said it to Rob pre pre show, pre pod, whatever you want to call it. I really did think yesterday when Buck 
was on his way out, that that also meant Pete Alonso was going to be traded. Now, they don't necessarily go together, but to me, I felt like then and there, it just signaled we're starting fresh. Maybe Lindor, position player-wise, Lindor, Alvarez, Nimmo are the three that they're going to build around, right? And then they could trade Alonzo for four prospects, bolster that system up even more, and then trade for another big bat or something along those lines. Um, that's something that initially just ran into my head. But David Stearns did say, end quote, I expect Pete to be the opening day first baseman next year. Now, for a homegrown player, a beloved player, you don't go saying this shit on the on your you know your first day and then hold don't hold true to it. That was a bold statement. I loved it. Do we buy it? Uh very very bold statement indeed. I mean, again, we've been talking about Pete Alonso the last three months or so and uh again i did see the standing ovation it kind of gave me uh some like jose reyes last game and carlos beltran before he got traded in 2012 i believe uh when he got a standing o in his last last ab as a met and we were actually there at that game uh gave me those type of vibes um i mean again very bold statement like you said i do think whether or not they come to an agreement in terms of an, of an extension i still believe that pete is going to be on the team to start in 2024 with or without a new contract but um yeah i love what i i love what i i love what i'm hearing personally uh he said all the right things and then obviously addressed one of the main uh not issues but again one of the main uh uh what's the word i guess uh <laughs> main conversations going into 2024 so again uh i love what i heard and i do expect pete whether he has a contract or not to be at first base in 2024 as well so contract or not rob you think he'll be a Met? Pretty much, because again, if you really look at it, say they do make the moves that we were ta we talked about last episode, and they keep Pete on that one-year deal, and we're and we're and we're rolling, then we keep him. We address it at the end of the at the end of 2024, and if we're not rolling, and he still has that looming cloud of a one-year deal, um, or a one-year contract, uh, then you trade him at the deadline. I think uh, I think that's smart. I think again, maybe you get your best bang for your buck there depending on who's in it and who's not. Um, but again, if, if he's going to, if he expects Pete to be on the Mets in 2024 opening day, then that, that kind of just leads me to believe that either he gets a contract done or he gets traded at the deadline. Now that I'm going off topic here, but if the Mets were to, let's say that $25 million, right. That according to multiple insiders, both parties agree on 25 mil. It's just the years that are different would you still pursue Juan Soto like many people around the game are expecting the Mets to uh, entertain? A report came out the other day saying that the Mets are a scary possibility to acquire Juan Soto. Do you think that a contract of $25 million plus to an Alonzo would preclude them from acquiring a guy like Soto? Obviously, you would we have the pieces to trade for him. That's not a problem. But then, you know, it would be a Francisco Lindor situation. You're not just going to trade for Juan Soto. You're going to sign him long term. You think a $40 million contract to Juan Soto would preclude them from signing uh, Pete to $25 million a year? 
See, there's the thing. That's a lot of money between two players. Um, and obviously, you still have Lindor's contract on the books and along with others. But again, and that's 34. Yep. No, correct. And and that is a lot of money. But if the Mets are willing to pay, and granted, David Stearns wasn't part of the baseball staff this year. But if the Mets are willing to pay and Steve Cohen are willing to pay Verlander 40 million a year, <clears throat> along with Scherzer's contract still on the books, I think I think the Mets are willing to do anything at this point. I didn't think of it like that. I didn't think of it like that. I, I, yeah. You know, Rob, you got me thinking differently, man. It kind of just popped up in my head if you really want to know last minute. I'm going to be honest with you. It kind of, you know, my brain's been working well this Monday morning, so, or Monday, so. That's good because brains don't normally work well on Mondays. Mine didn't work too well today, um, but that's okay. Um, Yeah, I think that if they're able to make it work, then by all means do it. $43 million to a Justin Verlander, $40 million to a 24-year-old in Juan Soto. That's a guy that I would be willing to give 10 years to, right, where Pete Alonso wants 10 years. So I do agree with you now that I think about it. The Mets do have the pieces. I mean, Steve Cohen literally emptied the bag last year on a 40-year-old pitcher and then a 38-year-old pitcher two years prior. So, yeah. Okay. I I'm buying it. I'm buying it. I think, I think Pete will be a Met. Um, and hopefully they can lock that down soon. I'm hoping that they can do it in a similar fashion. Granted Edwin Diaz was a free agent, but I'm hoping that they can just nail it down before even the owners meetings in November, just nail it down, get that eight years, 25 mil a year, finish it off, give them an option at the end, a vesting option or two, and get it done so we have him in the fold and then move forward, right? Because at a certain point, you're going to need those bats around Lindor, around Nimmo, and there's no guarantee that you're going to go ahead and you're going to actually acquire a soda or acquire this guy or that guy, and Pete is still here. And you're going to have to make something work because you saw it yesterday with that standing O. You've seen him. He's Mark McGuire 2.0, man. He's Mark McGuire 2.0. He's going to strike out a lot, but he's going to slug the shit out of the ball. He's going to post an 840 OPS, 830 OPS plus every year. And um, you you know what you're going to get from him. So I loved that I heard Stearns address that. Those were some questions that we had about Buck, about Pete before. And um, Stearns definitely did address them right from the get-go. So, you know, what will happen will Pete remain a Met, you know, will an experienced or unexperienced manager come into play? We're not necessarily sure at this point, but Stearns laid out the groundwork. And I think that that is um, an important first step for uh, an organization. So Rob, you mentioned the fact that David Stearns mentioned that he would be open to interviewing inexperienced and experienced managers. We already have heard the name Craig Council a million times. Is there anybody in particular that you th- that you would like to see the Mets pursue? And also, was there anything within David Stern's press conference that may have tipped a hand as to which way he's leaning when it comes to a manager? Uh, no, something that popped out uh, to me that Stearns said was that he wants a manager that manages people, personalities, and also works with him and, and company on an everyday basis. Um, I like, I like Joe Espada from the Astros bench coach. Uh, he was a finalist in 2022 
learn from the two best, in my opinion, and Dusty Baker and A.J. Hinch. Um, if you want to talk inexperience, I don't really see that as an issue, to be honest. So I would give him a chance if you want to talk one year or a guy that hasn't coached before in the majors. Um, a guy like Bob Melvin, too, intrigues me. And even his bench coach, Ryan Flaherty. Um, that situation in San Diego is a little messy. Um, whether they keep Bob Melvin, then you could target a guy like Ryan Flaherty, or they move on from Bob Melvin and they promote Ryan Flaherty, then you can interview a guy like Bob Melvin. But um, again, those three names really intrigue me. And uh, one that's on my list of finalists that not many people are going to like is a guy like Gabe Kapler. Uh, Gabe Kapler obviously got fired this year, has been in two cities in the span of four years, but he wins. He has a winning percentage of 54.3 with mediocre rosters at San Francisco. The only issue with Gabe Kapler is they got lackadaisical and relaxed towards the end of the season, which led to their collapse in 2023. Yeah, they were having DJ parties uh, up in nor Northern Cal, up in over in San Francisco after after wins. It was definitely getting to be um, a little much. So, yeah, I, I listen. I wouldn't. I wouldn't completely be opposed to a Gabe Kapler. I he definitely understands the analytics perfectly. Um, that's his bread and butter. So I wouldn't be opposed to a Gabe Kapler. But again, I'm. I think I'm honed in on Craig Council. It really depends on again if Craig is willing to move on from Milwaukee. The other thing too is if David Stearns endorses Craig Council, who's going to offer Council more money? You know what I'm saying? It's gonna it's gonna be the Mets, right? Council's gonna be the most coveted manager on the market this offseason. He has already said, as you told me before the show, he had already indicated to uh, a reporter at the athletic that he is not under contract for next year. So he is willing to speak with other teams. To me, it just seems like a good fit. And he didn't say that he had anybody directly in mind. He did mention the inexperienced or experienced. It doesn't really matter. The core quote was that he views, as Rob was saying, he views the manager position as a true partnership, someone that is working side by side with him and the rest of the baseball ops group. The manager has so many responsibilities these days. It's a big job, but first and foremost is the ability to manage people. Um, again, Craig has shown that on a, yearly basis that he's able to do that um he's also politically savvy um and obviously works in cohesion very well with matt arnold and then david stearns over in milwaukee another name that i would keep an eye on you mentioned joe espada bench coach for the astros also ryan flaherty bench coach for the padres i'll throw another bench coach out there how about pat murphy uh for the brewers he interviewed with the mets in 2018 when they hired mickey calloway uh he was one of the finalists He's a very, very well-respected individual, Has and it is a David Stearns guy. He's a vet. He's almost like, if you think of Mike Schilt um, a few years back in, San, in St. Louis, or like a Brian Snicker. Obviously, they were down in the minors, but it's somebody that has been waiting for an opportunity. Um, and Pat Murphy is one of the most well-renowned uh, baseball minds in the game, somebody that understands analytics um, and you know everything that, it comes on the field. So I think that those are some names. Um, someone that I want to ask you because every Mets podcast is going to be mentioning this. Carlos Beltran, he's working in the organization already. He had a 10 day stint as Mets manager in 2020. 
would you be opening would you be open to interviewing well obviously you're not interviewing anyone rob but would you would you be open to rehiring carlos beltran in that capacity I would love to interview Carlos Beltran, but no, yeah, definitely. I would. I think uh, if Alex Cora and AJ Hinch, I know they're more, um, what's the word I'm looking for. I know they're more like into the, into the field, into the realm in terms of being managers before. I think obviously they deserve the second chance. So if they deserve, if they got a second chance then I think Carlos Beltran deserves a second chance. Um, but if you're going to interview a guy like Beltran, then I could see them interviewing a guy like Eric Chavez as well. Now, Something that wasn't brought up today that I find fascinating, you bring up Eric Chavez, and he was promoted from hitting coach to bench coach because they that teams do view him as a potential future manager. Do you think that David Stearns, considering he didn't even speak to Buck, he wasn't allowed to, but he wasn't even open, he wanted his new guy right away, do you think that he would be open to not only interviewing somebody that's already within the organization, hiring somebody that's already within the organization Eric Chavez yeah I mean again I I, I do think Eric gets a fair chance uh I, I do think he interviews um again I think Eric has to blow David Stearns and company away uh in order to kind of just have our um, in order to for David to make that decision to say hey Eric you're gonna be our next next uh manager but yeah he's gonna have to he's gonna have to have a hell of an interview uh for me to see Eric Chavez as the Mets manager in 2024 all right, Rob, so who are your three most coveted managers for the 2024 New York Mets and beyond? All right, so, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, number one is is obvious. We both think he's a great fit, and and it's the obvious fit. I think Craig Council's number one. He's my guy that I would want the Mets to hire right away if if uh, if possible. Um, number two, I do like Joe Espada. I think he deserves a shot. I think he's learned from the best, like I said, in Dusty Baker and A.J. Hinch. And he's around the Astros organization, which David Stearns has a little bit of ties to. Um, and then third, uh, like I said, it's not, a, it's not a sexy pick. It's not a fan favorite. But I, I do think Gabe Kapler is, is a finalist and, and if he interviews. We basically agree on majority of the things, Ian, but I want to hear your top three uh, for managerial candidates for 2024. Yeah, so we're... We're in agreement. Number one, Craig Council. Um, number two, I'm going to switch gears and I'm going to say Bob Melvin because he has the experience. Um, again, I don't mind if somebody is not experienced um, as long as they have a good baseball head, good baseball IQ. Um, but again, with the organ, with the team, how they are right now with the young talent and also, you know, stars and the likes of Lindor and Nimmo and Pete Alonzo and then Sanga bringing in pieces as well. You want somebody that's going to be able to juggle both veterans and the youngsters and help with their development. So I feel like an experienced manager will work better. So I'm council one. I got Bob Melvin two, and then I'll throw in my inexperienced guy, Carlos Beltran three. He's just a baseball whiz cheating or not. Uh, he knows what he's doing in the dugout or I shouldn't even say in the dugout, but he knows what it's what he's doing when it comes to a baseball field. Uh, put the guy, right guys around him in the dugout, and I think that he'll blossom into one of the better managers in the game like we saw Alex Cora and like a guy like Dave Roberts do as well. Um, time will tell. It's just the beginning. Today was just the introduction to David Stearns, but I do think that this will be an exciting 
next few weeks, exciting next few months, exciting hot stove, because there are a lot of things that the Mets need to address, and they've got a new regime to take care of it all. Alrighty, Rob. So as we wrap up episode 29 of season two here on October 2nd, any final thoughts? <laughs> uh, very crazy. The fact that uh, the season's over and that season two of Cup of Mets is winding down. Um, just be sure to keep following us after the season, hot stove edition, um, and so on and so forth. Uh, thank you for all the support this year. 2023 has sucked on the field, but has been a blast off the field. Um, you know, I can't, I can't thank everyone enough. And, and again, Ian, it's been a pleasure recording with you and, and being involved with this. Uh, we still got one more episode to go. So tune into episode 30, obviously, and, and just, uh, keep supporting and, uh, I can't wait for 2024. I'll tell you that. I did want to ask you quickly because the 30th episode we're going to record, the playoffs would have already begun. What's your World Series matchup and who wins? <laughs> um, unfortunately, I, I do think the Braves uh, make the World Series, but I do I, I want the Baltimore Orioles to win. I'm going to be honest. So I'm, I'm rooting for Baltimore. I think it's going to be Baltimore versus Atlanta, and I think Baltimore wins in six. Okay, I have, unfortunately, I have Atlanta and the Astros. I have a rematch of 2021, and I have the Braves winning again. Um, so it's hard to not pick them. It's, I mean, the Brave. This arguably is the greatest Braves team that's ever been assembled. Um, they had one through nine deep, pitching rotation deep, bullpen deep, manager one of the greatest in the game and Brian Snicker. Um, it's hard not to pick them. Again, I'm not rooting for them. I hope the Braves are ousted in the first round. I hope the Marlins oust the Phillies in the first round. And then I hope the Marlins are ousted then soon after that. Um, but it really is crazy. I was talking to a Yankee fan buddy of mine the other day, and it really is nuts to think that coming into 2023, three teams would make the playoffs in both the AL East and the NL East and the Mets and Yankees would not be amongst those six teams. Um, it's quite shocking, but again, upwards and onwards or onwards and upwards, as they say, uh, again, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. We are at a couple of Mets. Be sure to rate and subscribe to the pod, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And lastly, be sure to visit CupOfMets.com for all your latest merch. With all that said, for Robert Menegas, I'm Ian Bosniak. Be sure to tune in to episode 30 of the season finale later on this week, and we'll see you then. Take care, guys. Good night.